0: What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now, let's kick this thing off. Dylan LeClaire is the Senior Market Analyst at UTXO Management, a digital asset fund investing in the analog to digital transformation of money and the emergent financial system. In this conversation, we discuss Bitcoin, on-chain metrics, market structure, and what to expect from the rest of the Bitcoin bull market. I really enjoyed this conversation with Dylan, and I hope you do as well. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. First up is Mode. Listen up. If you're a UK Bitcoin investor, this is for you. This is a brand new sponsor, so I want you guys to pay attention. This episode is brought to you by UK fintech app Mode. Mode is an app that allows you to buy, earn, and grow Bitcoin effortlessly. Not only is it an easy and safe way to buy and hold Bitcoin, Mode also allows you to pay and receive up to 10% Bitcoin cashback for free from its growing list of online partner brands. That's right. They've got cashback for free from a growing list of online partner brands. For a limited period of time, Mode is offering 0% trading fees on all Bitcoin buys and sells. That's right. You can buy and sell Bitcoin and pay no trading fees. The offer ends at the end of the year, December 31st, 2021. So hurry up and download the app now. I have to say, I think the company behind the app is pretty impressive. Somebody who's willing to give 10% Bitcoin cash back and also zero trading fees through the end of the year. You should probably check it out. They are FCA registered and are listed on the LSE. They chose to hold Bitcoin on their balance sheet. They're piloting a Bitcoin payroll product to pay UK employees in Bitcoin as well. UK friends, I'm telling you, if they're going all in on Bitcoin, you should be paying attention. I recommend you go check out Mode right now. Their app is available on the App Store and Google Play. You can download the app now and start buying Bitcoin with 0% trading fees today. Mode, M-O-D-E. Go check it out. The offer ends December 31st, 2021. Go let me know what you think in the UK. Next up is CoinCloud. Did you know you can buy and sell crypto with cash? I want to introduce you to my friends at CoinCloud more than just a Bitcoin ATM company. They're the world's leading digital currency machine operator. They've been around since 2014 and have thousands of machines across the country. You can buy and sell Bitcoin, Dogecoin, Cardano, and over 30 other digital assets. No connecting bank accounts, no long waits. And if you got questions, you can speak to a live US-based customer support rep 24-7. I've had a lot of Bitcoin ATM companies reach out, but CoinCloud is the only team I've found that's doing it right. They put together a special offer for listeners of this show. You can get $50 in free Bitcoin when you buy buy $200 or more at any Coin Cloud machine and use promo code POMP. Again, $50 free Bitcoin, buy $200 or more at any machine, use promo code POMP. You can find your local ATM at coin.cloud POMP, coin.cloud POMP, and use promo code POMP to get that free $50 worth of Bitcoin when you purchase $200 or more at the machine. Last but not least is OKCoin. If you haven't started building your crypto portfolio on OKCoin, there's no better time. They're one of the fastest growing global exchanges around, and they have some promotions happening right now to help even more people be part of the future of finance. If you have an amount already, excuse me, an account, 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 not an amount. If you have an account already, you can split $100 in Bitcoin with a friend when you invite them to sign up for OKCoin if they buy $100 of crypto in the first month. The more friends who sign up and buy, the more Bitcoin you get. And I always recommend dollar cost averaging as a way for investors to have more control over their average price when building their portfolio. Dollar cost averaging, superpower. Now you can automate dollar cost averaging with completely fee-free daily, weekly, or monthly recurring buys on OKCoin. Okay That's no fees at all on purchases until the holidays. Get started on the web or on their new super easy to use app, OKCoin.com slash POMP. OKCoin.com slash POMP. Go check it out. All right, let's get into this episode with Dylan. Hope you guys enjoy this one. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Bitcoin was at sixty six, then sixty nine thousand. Now it's dropped. Last night, everyone thought the world was ending. Uh, literally, Armageddon is coming. We're dropped below sixty thousand. What the hell is going on? Why is that happening?
1: Yeah, a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, when you're thinking about Bitcoin, the Bitcoin market, a lot of this stuff on the shorter time frame is just driven by the leverage dynamics. Uh, a lot of the derivative stuff. Um, so even you know the most bullish kind of macro environment, we all kind of um, you know know what's happening with inflation right now. Um, you know the thesis of of digital gold of of something that's absolutely scarce has never been stronger but uh, in the in the shorter time frames you kind of get dislocations where uh, people get a little too greedy and and you know bitcoin takes the takes away of math's pain so you're going to you're going to see those those over leveraged traders you're going to see them all get wiped out and you're kind of seeing that uh, you saw that a little bit last night this morning um, and it's completely natural right it's you know the volatility is is the price you pay for returns and, and anybody that's over leveraged is is going to get wiped out along the way
0: and when you see this happening, do you get excited or is this something that worries you? Do you think it'll continue to happen? Like, walk me through just what's going through your head as you're watching this all occur in the short term. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm excited
1: as a, as a Bitcoin holder, as a stacker. I, I set some limit orders at 60K that I was happy to get filled. So, um, you know, that's just, you know, looking at the market every day when, when kind of the traders are levering up and price continues to sink down a little bit. I get excited because I know that, you know, the, the, you know, strongest monetary asset in the world in the history of the world is going to be at a discount or, or most likely. So, you know, I, I think in, in terms of years and decades, uh, you know, less so in terms of hours or days. And so, you know, this, this sort of stuff, you know, blood in the streets is something that excites me as a, as a Bitcoin accumulator.
0: I love it. I, I I love that you have just as much conviction as I do. All right, let's get to these charts. We got the aggregate futures open interest, uh, and you've got a piece that is circled here in pink that says twenty six point four billion dollars. What what are you looking at in this chart?
1: Yeah, so you know this is basically what we're talking about when we when we talk about derivatives. This is the open interest. So this is on both sides of the trade, long and short. How much like money is is directionally betting on the price of Bitcoin uh, in the derivatives market? And so this is you know, recently over the last couple of days when we were at 67, 68, uh, we had an all-time high there. And some people are saying, you know, that's pretty bearish. Uh, we're looking kind of like, at this double top in the market. And and I disagree for a couple of reasons. Um, in, in dollar terms, we were at an all-time high. Uh, but if you go to the next slide there, the, the the makeup of the derivatives market is actually a lot different than it was in April. Um, we've been talking about this, brought it up, I think uh, on the last couple of times, but what you're looking at is is the the collateral that's being used to enter these contracts is a lot different. So there's a lot less Bitcoin margin. There's a lot less Bitcoin collateral that's that's in this futures open interest, which means that essentially, um, you know, there's less likely to be these these huge massive drawdowns um, as as traders get over leveraged. And and you know, sixty eight to sixty k is not a massive drawdown. We're talking about the type of stuff we saw on you know in in May or maybe in March of 2020. Um, just the makeup of of the derivatives market's a lot different. For instance, you, you saw Bitmex, uh, I think last week they said, hey, we're we have a a tether contract, tether open interest. And so that has about two billion dollars. and Bitmex is you know kind of notoriously known as this Bitcoin only derivatives bucket shop. So just kind of the makeup of the market is a lot different. Um, and and under the surface, when you're just looking at the price, you may not you may not see that.
0: So when you look at this specific chart, this percent open interest uh, Bitcoin margin, we see from, let's call it March, April, all the way through, uh, you know, now we continue to see that trending down. Now we're at about 45% uh, or so, but you can see that the price is overlaid and the price was tracking pretty much until August. And then that's when we saw the price uh, shoot up. What do you think actually creates that divergence? Like why was it tracking so well up until August? And then we get a divergence between the price in gray and the uh, kind of yellow or gold there in that percent open? Interest of Bitcoin margin?
1: Yeah, so I think dur- during bull markets, you see just you know because of more of the accumulation, less of the derivatives. You see you see price really go parabolic, like we saw from say November of last year through through April. Um, and and during that time, you see a lot of momentum traders, just a lot of natural greed and speculation in the market. You see traders looking to long their longs, looking to margin long Bitcoin to get more Bitcoin um, because you know the thing's going up five hundred percent. And so. We kind of all saw that get washed out. And so, over the course of, say, uh, April, May uh, into the summer, you saw all of that like Bitcoin margin, all that Bitcoin collateral as the price drew down 50, 55%. You saw all that get wiped out. Uh, And in the meantime, kind of, you know, behind the scenes, you see this continued like maturation and I would say like maybe stablecoin dollarization of crypto markets, um, which, you know, some people think is is bad. You see a lot of Tether FUD, uh, but this isn't just Tether, it's Tether, USDC, a lot of other stablecoin competitors. Um, and, and in terms of, you know, uh, the, the maturation, the financialization of Bitcoin, um, you know, this is this is really good. This is bullish. Um, but the more kind of stable coins, the more kind of integration with the legacy system um, and, and rather just, you know, instead of crypto collateral uh, where you kind of see these this huge convexity and all these these downside moves, um, that that's a good thing. So you're just you know, you're continuing to see the the aggregate amount of stable coins in this market continue to go up. Um, And I think that's a trend that, you know, won't end anytime soon. So I I kind of expect this chart to continue to go
0: lower. When you look at the perpetual futures funding rate, uh, you've got here um, kind of earlier a week ago or so in November, and then you've got similar activity now. What are you looking at in this chart?
1: Yeah, so I I didn't label it at the top, but this is Binance, right? So Binance has the basically is, uh, you know, tied for the CME, but the Binance perpetual swap contract is is basically the biggest, uh, most liquid Bitcoin derivatives market in the world has about 3 billion, uh, I think across the Bitcoin and stablecoin uh, that's had their margin contract, you have like uh, four to five billion dollars of open interest here. And, and this funding rate is basically showing what longs are paying shorts on an annualized basis. So when this when this is at 0.69 you know, percent, uh, that that's equivalent to basically longs paying shorts, 75 percent APR uh, on their on their uh, notional position size. So what that means is like, you know, the books are, are really not too balanced here and, and longs were getting ahead of themselves. Um, the, the bulls were levering up uh, at the same time where the spot market wasn't really trending in that direction. And so, you, you know, these kind of these kind of pullbacks, they're, they're quite natural um, because there's such a strong incentive uh, for the bears to come in and kind of capture this large premium. And so um, you, you can see kind of the market diverge sometimes and, you know, sometimes the longs don't get punished, but if there isn't this, you know, huge inflow of, of spot uh, demand coming in the Bitcoin market, then a lot of times, if you see this, this PERP funding really creep up there, you know, it, it may be uh, a localized top, just, you know, on a, on a short time frame. We're not talking about weeks or months or, or even years.
0: All right. Now you've got this uh, thing titled driving catalyst for Bitcoin bull run. And when I was looking at it, you've got the real 10 year treasury bond yield versus the 10 year tips yield. And uh, this is not on chain metrics. Like we would think about it. Uh, this is more kind of macro analysis. So what are you looking at here?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm I'm really just looking at uh, basically the ten-year yield, the real yield, and this is even if you're thinking
0: about CPI being true, uh,
1: which I think we both could kind of agree that it's uh, you know not the most accurate metric in terms of you know stating that you know the actual inflation rate. Uh, I think it's personally a lot higher, but essentially the reason I'm so confident uh, in the kind of the Bitcoin thesis, um, long-term, uh, even medium-term, really, really bullish on Bitcoin, regardless of. The leverage dynamics over the next day or week or even month um, is because essentially you have uh, the entire world, the entire uh, you know global, uh, all global assets are based off basically the U.S. Treasury market, uh, and the Treasury market's 30 trillion dollars alone. But when you have real yields, um, basically the cost of capital is negative. Uh, every single asset on the planet is distorted, and um, you know a lot of really smart macro guys that I that I trust and respect are and I agree with them, are basically saying that uh, real yields can't even go positive or else the entire financial system collapses. Um, the Fed has to continue to print money and inflation has to continue to run higher uh, than interest rates. And so, you know, in that in that environment, you have just the bond market alone is, you know, uh, on the low side, 100 or maybe a couple hundred trillion dollars of, of capital that is guaranteed to lose money. Um, and so, you know, basically with Bitcoin at a trillion dollars, you know, 1.2 trillion or, or whatever it is, um, that's still super super small and just a tiny amount of outflow uh, from these bond markets where you know all of these contract holders are guaranteed to lose money uh, into this you know global you know monetary asset that nobody can can create more of is supply and elastic you know we've the whole nine yards um, you know the, the price of bitcoin will have to really really go a lot higher for it just to absorb even 5% of this market.
0: Got it. And so we, you've got two charts here next that are the Bitcoin realized price. Talk about this in terms of, uh, it just looks like we just keep hitting all time high after all time high, which is what we would expect in a bull market, right? Yeah.
1: And so I, I showed like the kind of the, you know, the four year chart and I show it in linear terms. And then I, I zoom out and I show the, the decade long chart uh, in logarithmic terms. And essentially it, you know, this is just kind of displaying what's going on on a, a long-term timeframe. frame. Um, you know, you have the monetization of a new asset class, this from scratch, this global money uh, that was you know, airdropped around the world a decade ago. It continues to accrue value exponentially um, throughout boom and bust cycles. And the realized price uh, is basically the average price of every uh, coin on the network when it was last moved. And so this continues to just tick higher. And that's what we see during bull markets. Price uh, it bids up at the margin and kind of pulls this realized price up. And I kind of think of this as like almost the, the true value of the network, in, in, in the most transparent sense, because you can see the price at which all of these UTXOs, or which all of these Bitcoin have moved. And so right now, the realized price is about twenty-four thousand. And if you can kind of look at this long-term chart, you see that really price only ever briefly dips below this. And so you can kind of think of realized price as like the all-time floor. And and this you know all-time floor continues to creep up and up and up uh, as, as the as the weeks and months go on.
0: If we go back to the first Bitcoin realized price chart, um, when we look at this here, I'm not a genius, but it appears every time that the spot price goes below the realized price, that tends to have appeared so far to be a really good time to buy Bitcoin. Is that just like a, a starting point, super easy historical analysis in terms of the relationship between the spot price and the realized price?
1: Yeah, it's basically saying that the the you know the market price for Bitcoin is less than the price that everybody else paid for the network. So you know if if, if the realized price is ten k and uh you know the the spot price goes to you know eight thousand, it's essentially saying you know it's it's a fire sale. <laughs> everybody's paid. Everybody's paid more uh, for this asset, verifiably so because you can see the ownership on chain. Um, you know every every block every ten minutes. Uh, the the property rights essentially you can see when these these coins were last moved and and if if price is below that then you know it's it's basically a fire sale so I don't I don't know if we get that again I I imagine so but definitely not anytime in the in the coming weeks or months in in my opinion
0: all right hit us with MVRVZ score you're gonna have to remind cool. everyone what this is but what is it showing
1: yeah so essentially um, if you just disregard Z score for a second but market value to realized value ratio it's just those charts that we were showing you before that that realized price and the market price, uh, and that, just a ratio of the two. And so you can kind of see this dynamic during the bull markets, uh, where where price gets really, really bid against the realized price. Um, and essentially, that's because there's so much money coming into the market, and and none of these holders are really selling. So anybody that wants to secure an allocation has to really bid up the, the action the, the market price to do so. Um, and so the z-score is just is just a statistical term for standard deviation, and it basically just um, it makes a data set fit better. know we don't have to go into that but uh you can kind of see what what uh, a bull market looks like and so uh this threshold of like uh three standard deviations a a z score of three that kind of dotted line i i drew right in the middle there um basically when you get over that um historically that's been uh, a bull market and we see price go parabolic over the coming months and so i'm kind of in that in that camp where i think we're in the you know the beginning innings of a reflexive bull market. And, uh, you know, the realized uh, the NBR and the the Z score kind of shows that dynamic really well.
0: All right. 90 day rolling coin days destroyed. This was dropping very, very quickly all throughout 2021. But it seems to have kind of turned around over the last few weeks. What is this telling you?
1: Yeah. So coin days destroyed uh, basically because you can examine the UTXO set. You can examine um, all of the, the Bitcoin when it was last moved, when they were spent. Uh, one coin day is essentially, or maybe uh, like 365 coin days, is if one bitcoin is held for a year. And so, if that uh, if that uh, bitcoin is spent, if that bitcoin is moved on chain, 365 coin days are destroyed. And so, essentially, um, if you if you apply some moving averages, or here we have a a rolling sum of coin days destroyed. 90 days, uh, you can kind of see during during market peaks, you see lots of of coins basically get spent. You see lots of old coins uh, cash out, move on chain, most likely. Uh, being an economic sell and so right now we can see even even though we started to creep up in this metric um, is really you know one of the strongest accumulation periods we've seen over the last decade um, and you know even despite the the brief uptrend what we're seeing is you know we're nowhere near a market top in terms of on-chain holders uh, spending their coins, cashing out.
0: When you look at this for supply-adjusted, this last chart that you have here, what what is the difference between the two in terms of what you take away from it?
1: Yeah, so this is coin years destroyed. It's the same kind of thing, uh, just over 365 days, and essentially um, it adjusts for a growing supply over time. But uh, you know, really, what we see is we see actually this metric starting to to bend down. Um, so that's that's kind of more of an accumulation over the last year. Um, and so you know, if, if price goes four or five x, we can really expect this this metric. The coin days destroyed metric to to really pick up, and so you know over over a longer term, not ninety days, but over three hundred sixty five days, over a year, uh, you know, coin years destroyed. We see we see really um, you know we're still in the midst of a de- accumulation phase. We're, we're nowhere near kind of a, what maybe a bull market top would look like, and so you know this coupled with the macro thesis, coupled with you know just some some confluence over the short term with derivatives, uh, you know, to the downside. Uh, that's not something that worries me too much, and I'm I'm pretty confident that we're, uh, you know, you know, the thesis, the Bitcoin bull market is is still intact, uh, despite the you know the kind of choppy price action over the last week.
0: Joe, Joe, what questions you guys got? Hey, Dylan, what's going on, man? Uh, I tweeted hey. out earlier, and your mom responded to it, which was <laughs> which was hilarious. I enjoyed that. Uh, but so my questions around price, right? So all these charts are super helpful. It gives us a good overview of everything. Uh, but I think a lot of people, at least in the chat, are asking questions about uh, price prediction, right? So plan B has at the end of this month, I think his low was 98,000. Um, and we're obviously getting towards now we're halfway over with the month and stuff. Everything you're looking at, uh, do we have a shot at getting there?
1: I mean, I, I wouldn't say we don't have a shot. Um, I mean, I think it'd be a, an upwards battle uh, in the sense <laughs> That we'd really have to have some some major catalyst but I, I, I wouldn't rule it out you know some some sort of announcement um, especially like you know what happened with Tesla say earlier in the year uh, where it really kind of changes uh, changes the attitude in the legacy markets uh, whether that's some big player announcing in quarterly earnings or, or something like that um, or even you know no announcements it doesn't really matter um, you know just the broad kind of accumulation in the macro backdrop if some big player is looking to secure an allocation price could, could really get bid up there but uh, you know, the, the leverage would have to, you know, stay away a little bit and we'd have to, or, or just, you know, um, you know, not let that kind of cascade us down away from that 90 K spot. It would be tough. I think the the options markets implying only like a 1% chance of that happening. I would say it's a little higher than that, but, uh, you know, looking at in the middle of the month here at 60 K, it might be an upwards battle. Are you buying options, uh, <laughs> at 98 K? Oh, I still, I still am holding all my uh, call options from this summer. Uh, you know, they're, they're bleeding a little bit. That time value <laughs> is, is dragging down a little bit, but still, still very bullish. Um, you know, still, still stacking, uh, increasing my allocation here. So.
0: Nice. John, what do you got? What's up, Dylan? Nice to see you again. Got the John. beanie. Love it. Um, <laughs> So. all the metrics that you're looking at seem to be that we're still in a bull market. The price has appreciated a lot when you look back 365 days ago to today. Um, Obviously, we had that mini, I would say mini bear run during the summer. But going forward, what metrics are you looking at they are going to be key drivers like to when the bull market's ending, um, how high the price can go? What what metrics are you looking at there?
1: Yeah, it would be, it would basically be um, kind of both on chain and derivatives markets kind of screaming uh, some of these bearish signs. So when we're looking at like, the accumulation metrics like, like coin days destroyed or, um, you know, MVRV uh, market value to realize value. Um, if, if these things are, are really spiking um, showing kind of, you know, we're, we're overheated and on chain perspective. Uh, we've, we've kind of uh, prices ran up a bunch. You have old, old holders cashing out at the same time where uh, you know, everybody's is, is euphoric and thinking this time is different and, and leveraged up uh, you know, going long still, you know, if prices at 150 or 200 or, or whatever insane, uh, you know, multiple we're at uh, at some sort of market top, um, that would be that would be a sign for me to say, hey, well, maybe maybe we pull back a little bit here. Um, and, and, you know, as a as a Bitcoiner, as, as someone that has this decade long thesis, um, that's not a sign for me to sell. That's a sign that's a sign for me, you know, to maybe reduce a little bit of leverage. Stack some cash and and you know be be happy to buy the dip a few months or maybe maybe a year later. Um, so you know regardless of, of the price action, um, you know my conviction and, and my thesis for for what's unfolding here it doesn't really change. It's just you know uh, taking advantage of of securing the largest allocation I can um, with with this data. Great thinking process,
0: Dylan. When we look at the next six weeks. There's a bunch of people who say, Hey, Q4, that's when bull runs. end." Uh, we saw that happen in 2017. Uh, is your thought process that the bull run ends in Q4, or do we push into 2022 um, and, and kind of see a continuation of the bull run in the new year? Like, how do you think about timeline?
1: Obviously, like, you know, we're gonna have to see in terms of the activity and the, the metrics and the on-chain data and the derivatives, but um, I'm not in the camp that I think uh, that this thing just you know, putters out in six weeks and then we go home uh, and, and the, you know, we see another 70% drawdown. I, I don't think that at all. I think um, in, terms of, in terms of adoption, we've kind of hit this threshold, uh, this, you know, the secular level of, of adoption at a nation state level, at an individual level, at a corporate level, uh, institutional level, Bitcoin is, is much more accepted. Uh, you know, in 2017, you know, price had run up from 250 bucks to 20K in, the, in what, two years and so, you know, we were very, very overheated. And I don't think we're really at that level at all. We're still, you know, flirting with, uh, you know, the 64K all-time highs we hit earlier. Um, the on-chain metrics are not overheated. And so, you know, the longer we chop, the longer we consolidate, um, you know, people may be getting, you know, antsy, but that's actually really bullish. The longer we chop, the more this kind of spring compresses and the, and the farther we have to run, in my opinion. So I think, you know, a bull market into 2022 is honestly my base case at this point.
0: All right, and then when you look uh, forward, there's obviously the Bitcoin futures ETF. Do you have any thoughts yet in terms of what we've seen so far with the futures ETF? I, I know that uh, Barry Silbert and the Grayscale guys continue to tweet out every chance they get that uh, GBTC is more closely tracking the price, not performing the futures ETF uh, with their trust. But any thoughts there, just at a high level?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, in terms of someone that's looking to gain exposure to Bitcoin, it's better than nothing. Um, if I was, if I had money, you know, trapped in some sort of retirement account, or, uh, you know, as as an institutional investor, I'd honestly be looking to allocate towards GBTC um, at something like a 10 or 15% discount in that asset value, even with a 2% fee, Um, just because that kind of uh, that rollover month over month with the futures ETF, you kind of bleed out against Bitcoin. But again, it it is better than nothing. Um, I think it's good for the kind of institutional adoption of the asset class. Um, You know, it gains, uh, it allows for easier exposure and, and allocation, you know, from these big money funds, not the average retail investor, but, uh, you know, the, the, the institutions with trillions of dollars of capital to allocate. Um, and so, you know, I think it's just the first step. I think a spot ETF eventually comes, but in the meantime, you know, Barry and, and the guys at Grayscale will, will be trolling a little bit as, as the competitors, you know, get declined like Valkyrie just did. And,
0: and so the last thing I'll say is, uh, give us kind of a heat check on uh, your friends, right? So uh, we've now seen Bitcoin hit multiple all-time highs in the last couple of weeks. Do we have more friends that were not Bitcoin um, uh, kind of knowledgeable or, or interested or invested in Bitcoin starting to hit you up and ask you about it? Or are they still kind of asleep at the wheel and, you know, they're, they're not even caring about it?
1: Yeah, I think I I mean, I have definitely seen an increase, uh, especially over the summer. Um, You know, I was talking about it a lot in in 2020 and and before that, and, uh, you know, price runs up 600% and it's obviously very enticing. Um, And then, you know, price draws down a little bit uh, and maybe maybe some people get get a little bit scared, you know, when you're buying at 60 and it goes down to 30. But, you know, I, I preach especially to people that aren't too in the weeds with financial markets or investing and just like, hey, man, this is a savings account and you just want your your Satoshi count, your Bitcoin count as high as possible. And so, you know, passive DCA uh, is, is honestly the way to go for, for most market participants, you know, just literally just accumulate savings in the best money ever. And I've, I've definitely seen some sort of sentiment shift, especially as, you know, uh, inflation is, is really hitting everybody. Uh, it's not something that's more of an idea. It's, it's actually like, you know, hitting you at the grocery store. It's hitting you uh, with rent with, you know, at, at the gas pump. And so it's much easier to explain the Bitcoin people as, hey, uh, you can't print this thing and so uh, in terms of just sentiment around friends, family, um, you know, just people I talk to about investing into Bitcoin uh, at scale, it's, it's definitely, you know, I think the conversations changed from, from even just, you know, six months ago.
0: Got it. And then before I let you go, tell us about uh, the newsletter that you're writing. Um, I've just dropped the link in the chat for anyone who wants to uh, get it. You You guys were kind enough to uh, uh, give a discounted link. So uh, maybe just tell us kind of what you do, how long, how often it comes out, et cetera.
1: Well, yeah. So um, I I lead off content uh, at the Deep Dive. And so the uh, the Bitcoin Magazine um, Markets newsletter, uh, we send daily stuff on on on-chain analytics, uh, Bitcoin derivatives and kind of the the macro landscape in terms of, um, you know, how Bitcoin interplays with all of this. Um, and so, you know, there is a free and paid tier. Uh, we send emails uh, daily uh, to paid subscribers, but uh, we send out free emails about uh, once or twice uh, or, you know, a few times a month. And so um, if you're just kind of looking for, you know, a more in-depth, you know, uh, analysis of the Bitcoin market, uh, we, we provide that and we think we do a, a pretty good job.
0: All right, man. Listen, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. Anyone who uh, is interested, please go follow him on Twitter. Help us get him to one hundred and fifty, so that we feel like we did something, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll make this a regular thing. Maybe we'll do it like every Tuesday or something. We'll have you come back. But I appreciate you uh, coming on and, uh, and talking about all this. I think people are learning a lot from it.
1: Appreciate appreciate you, pomp bros. Catch you later. You all right, later, buddy.